Welcome to EG's Voice of the Region. I'm Jim Larkin. I'm a regional researcher with EG and I'll be stopping off once again on our tour of the UK to discover exactly what the commercial real estate market is like at local level from an agent flying high in its radius on demand rankings. Uh, this time it's a big one as we're off to Cambridgeshire, which is one of the most prime markets in the UK, uh, where office rents have been pushing up towards the £50 per square foot mark thanks to a world-class technology offering which has evolved around Cambridge University and the graduates and knowledge it produces. Um, it's also a county in which Bidwells leads the radius rankings with more than 820,000 square feet of space transacted so far this year. Uh, so I'm very pleased to be joined by George Craig, who is a senior surveyor at Bidwells Business Space Agency. George, hello. Jim, hi. How are you? All right? I'm all right. I've got, I've got this cold that most of the country seems to have at the moment. But other than that, <laughs> I'm fine. Well, hopefully it's nothing too serious. You know, no, that's the worst part of it. For another few weeks. <laughs> no, you have to explain about 10 times a day that honestly it's not COVID. <laughs> Just have anyway. to hold sneezing in, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, um, uh, okay. Uh, the story um, in most of the regions I've spoken to in this series um, is that since the start of the pandemic, um, we've had this booming logistics sector, which is kind of made up for downturns of varying degrees in retail. Uh, well, the office sector is kind of starting to recover after being knocked sideways for a good while. Um, what's the picture been like in Cambridge here? Yeah, so I mean, 2020, uh, I think the industrial or industrial team uh, picked up the slack a little bit uh, for for the office side in Cambridge. Um, it wasn't quite at uh, usual levels of take up. Um, stock crept up a little bit in 2020. Return to office was slow. Um, when we start to look at 2021, uh, the beginning of the year, the, the, the first quarter and then going into the second quarter, take up was slow to pick back up um, looking back at previous years. Uh, but we did start to see a creep up in property being placed under offer. So now we are in a much better picture to be able to see where we will end up at the year end. Um, and ultimately, take up is now looking for office and, and, and both laboratories how we we categorize it um, is looking strong and actually we're looking at somewhere between sort of 780 800,000 square feet of office and lab take up uh, at the close of the year which is broadly about sort of 10 percent above the average over the past five years so in effect actually the market in Cambridge this year has done incredibly well um, in comparison to, to the previous um, and has done better than on average over the past five years. So I, I think things are certainly picking up. We've seen lots of new investment into Cambridge. We've seen lots of requirements come out for both big tech and big R&D. Um, and now even we're starting to see the more sort of professional service uh, type occupiers come back to the market and return to the offices so it's looking pretty positive Jim yeah excellent okay um did those you know during the darkest days of lockdown when everything shut down did the kind of high-tech lab operations were they closed because I mean I imagine they're jobs that can't really be done from home <laughs> yeah that's right um the certainly the laboratory occupiers of of, of Cambridge um and I'll talk you know Science Park Granter Park um, Chesterford, Babram, the, these types of occupiers who need their staff to be in their laboratories to be able to produce 
and research what what what, what they are essentially doing so um Yes, we did see occupiers from a laboratory background continue to occupy spaces they usually would. Um, offices, you know, software companies, tech companies did manage to effectively do their work from a home environment. But yeah, labs remained strong in terms of occupation throughout the year. Sure. Okay. Um, what have been some of your most notable deals of the year so far? You've you've had a few big ones. Yeah. It's um. Yeah. As I say, it's been been a good year for for everyone in terms of office and labs. But um. So we. So I acted uh, for TUS um, Education TUS Park on Cambridge Science Park. So this was the uh, new build scheme at the front of the science park. Um, so we built uh, two two buildings, building one and two, which are right at the front of of of, of the park itself. Uh, building one about ninety thousand square feet, and then building two, we completed a letting to Roku um, this year. Um, and so they took the whole building, which was about one hundred and sixteen thousand square feet of grade A office space. Um, I mean, it's interesting to look back at someone like Iroku who came to the park only or who expanded in the park should I say to 20,000 square feet two three years ago now um, and within that time frame um, they have expanded enormously to a building that is four or five times their size um, you know a lot of that expansion was driven by well, Roku, I'm not sure if you know who they are, what they do, but it's streaming services. So um, they do a lot of online streaming. They do Peloton. Um, so a lot of people during 2020, of course, were at home and mm. streaming lots of TV shows um, and were on Peloton bikes as they couldn't go to the gym. So it did incredibly well. Um, and the business just expanded hugely um, and ended up taking a huge amount of expansion space on Science Park. And, you know, that was their chosen location to do it on, which um, is obviously fantastic for everyone who works here um, and on the Science Park itself. So, I mean, that, that that was the real, that was the big deal of the year in terms of, you know, occupational office. And that, again, that was office space. You know, it is a high tech company who who do research, but you know no wet labs or any type of lab going in there it will be office um so that really uh pushed the numbers take up this year to the levels that i mentioned earlier um a couple of other ones uh, a colleague of mine has done a deal to microsoft on the science park as well for about forty thousand square feet um and then i did another one to a company called endomag who are uh, medical research company um, on the science park for about 20,000 square feet. So th- there's lots going on. Science park vacancies gone from 12% at the start of the year to about 5 6% now. So a lot of take up and not a lot of stock. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, what are those occupiers looking for with the office buildings? I mean, I'm guessing proximity to Cambridge isn't enough by itself. Yeah, no, it's not. I mean, the, the, the big Techcos, well, actually, all nearly all occupiers in Cambridge. You know, the, the reason that they choose to be within the city is to really take full advantage of the the talent pool that comes out of of, of the university. Um, so recruitment and retention is key and at the forefront of all of these companies' uh, minds when they are looking to um, take office or laboratory space. 
So in terms of Cambridge in itself, it's lots of micro locations, as, as, as um, anyone who works in Cambridge will know. Um, you know, you'll have places like the Science Park. We refer to the Science Park and those parks around there as the Northern Cluster. Mm -hmm. um, which is near the train station. So, you know, that has always historically been sort of life science, but now is going a little bit more tech with the likes of Roku, MathWorks, Microsoft. Um, the city centre has over the years attracted the big tech players, Microsoft, Apple, Samsung. Um, WeWork have just taken space there a couple of years back now. So, you know, in terms of where you are in Cambridge does have an effect on who you are able to effectively recruit and then retain thereafter. So it, it doesn't just come about location, you know, quality of building, um, what specifications, what environmental credentials are you providing? Um, and ultimately, what type of amenities are you being, are you able to provide for the staff that you employ within the building. Mm, excellent. Okay. Um, uh, in the intro there, I mentioned that £50 per square foot figure for office rents. Um, where are we kind of at currently with top end rentals? Um, and when do you reckon we'll get to that £50 figure? Close. <laughs> I, think we're, I think we're pretty close for the conversation I just had. Um, so, I mean, the headline figure for significant deal size um, is £48.50. Mm -hmm. square foot which was achieved in the letting to your pre-letting to fora on um, station road that was done in q3 last year uh, since then we haven't quite had the prime kit on cb1 station road available to bring out to market and, and to start put, punching those rents into the 50s um we expect that we will hit um plus 50 uh, very early next year, we've got a couple of um, offices, Station Road, right up front of Station, um, and we will be hitting, we'll certainly be into the 50s um, when we do those lettings, so early next year. Excellent, okay. And okay, now um, we talk a lot about the technology sector um, uh, in Cambridge, um, but that's quite a broad term, I guess. Um, is there one type that kind of makes up the lion's share of transactions nowadays? Um, I mean, CB1 is a, a really good example of sort of a clustering of, 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 of technology companies and what they are doing. And it's all AI driven. So you've got all of the, the big names that I've mentioned earlier, you know, they are specializing in AI and that's where their AI division. So a lot of that um, is prevalent in Cambridge and that tends to be sort of more around the station, but there are other companies practicing AI, AI elsewhere. I mean, an interesting one is someone like a Cambridge Medical Robotics. I'm not sure if you've heard of them, but now are a unicorn status um, within the UK, um, incredibly well funded and um, effectively research and produce uh, robotic arms that are used uh, for surgery purposes. So wow. a company who has yeah, grown exponentially over the past few years, um, and, you know, some really interesting types of, of, of occupiers that, that, that currently reside in Cambridge. But, you know, sort of AI medical research is, um, yeah, some of the top ones that I can think of. Sure. OK. Um, to what extent do you as an agent have to stay on top of the science in order to understand the needs of occupiers? I mean, do you subscribe to any particularly niche scientific publications? I, I can't pretend I'm a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to keep up on some of it is, is, can sometimes be a challenge. I mean, at the end of the day, you are there to, to find space for 
an occupier um, and understanding what the occupier needs in terms of their day-to-day activities is, is, is clearly important to that process. So um, th- th- there is a level of understanding that I think um, I think probably most agents will have in Cambridge of, 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 of what companies do, mm. you know, who are they linked to, where is the funding coming from, um, you know, what is the end goal here? So in some respects, yes, absolutely. Um, I haven't <laughs> I haven't got many subscriptions to Scientists Weekly, but um, <laughs> maybe something for the future. <laughs> sure. OK. Um, what was your background prior to Bidwell's? Um, well, I came, well, I did um, a real estate degree at Nottingham Trent University um, and then went on to work for a company called Ratplease over in Huntingdon, sort of doing automotive and roadside development schemes across across the country. So a lot of lot of driving in the car, which is uh, mm. slightly different to Cambridge, where you ride on a bike or on a, on an electric scooter. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, um, you kind of look at the science park buildings around Cambridge um, and they kind of seem so sleek and modern and it feels quite new. Um, and it's tempting to think that that idea of, you know, spinning businesses out from the university to create this thriving tech hotspot is quite a recent phenomenon. Um, but when did that process really start? Um, well, it, you know, there, there's always been synergy with the university um, and businesses coming out of of them via you know various different channels investment funds um so i mean it's been around for years longer than you know i've 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 been in the market um you look out at the market today and there are a number of companies who have grown hugely over the past five years who've you know had backing from the university at one stage or the other um uh, they tend to you know take laboratory space if, if we are indeed talking about you know life science biotech whatever it is um within the university buildings um and that sort of gives them their uh sort of funding a type uh, longevity within within there um and then they sort of move out to the bigger buildings and you know that can then range from 5000 to 20000 square feet and we've seen it before, you know, people grow and receive the required funding and they can get up to 100 people within the course of a year. So it's still something that is, uh, you know, massively um, prevalent within Cambridge. Um, and I'm dealing with a number of companies at the moment who are in similar situations who desperately need space in the city. And, and there's not a lot that can actually satisfy those requirements. Mm. Um, and I mean, I guess the, the big first development that started it all was Cambridge Science Park, um, which is probably, I don't know, 60 years old or something now, uh, 50 maybe. Um, and that was Trinity College, uh, I think, set that up and they kind of still own it. Um, do most of the freeholders and the developments around Cambridge tend to be university colleges? Um, I mean, it's a real, there's a part, part of it, yes, absolutely. So, I mean, Trinity College, they... So they own the freehold of the science park, um, mm-hmm. but over the years they've sold off elements of it on on sort of long leasehold um, deals. So although Trinity are the overriding freeholder, you have got funds who are in there. I mean, most recently we've seen a few of these buildings being sold, 101 to Morgan Stanley um, and the LNG site from two, uh, 20 to two. 40 has been sold to Broxton. So 
there is a lot of change happening right now in Cambridge in terms of um, investment that, that that's that we've seen over the past um, nine months. You know, I think we are the figures that we are showing at the moment shows that the first half of the year there was more in investment into Cambridge um, than there was in the whole of 2020. So the environment is is, is probably shifting a little bit, um, and there are lots of really exciting um, new potential developments that that could be coming out of the ground that will be targeting um, the huge supply demand imbalance which you know we are currently seeing and a lot of that lies within the lack of lab opportunities for occupiers um, where clearly there are hundreds of thousands of of, of lab requirements so um yeah it's a, it's a changing environment i think cambridge in terms of, of who owns what and you know it's an exciting location and world-renowned location in a way isn't it so um you know mm. there are lots of people who are looking towards cambridge uh, and, and and of course oxford as well um and thinking that this is a science and tech hub which it absolutely is um so we are seeing a bit of a shift in terms of uh, you know total <laughs> uh, college ownerships to you know pension funds property investment companies and the likes of that yeah i mean i can imagine there must be private capital firms just queuing up to buy buildings um do they come available very often <laughs> um uh, <laughs> uh, some do yeah um uh, uh, you, you sometimes do have to go on a bit of a hunt to try and find nice. some that might be um, an interesting. I mean, I think w- what has really been interesting over the past year and a half has been looking at, you know, what what can you repurpose within Cambridge? So not just thinking about, OK, is it an existing lab building or an existing office, but actually what are the what are the uses that are no longer uh, necessarily required or desired in Cambridge and then repurposing those to fit uh, what the market is telling us and there's a good example that that we've recently worked on and I'll, and still am working on um, at the Swiss laundry site on Cherry Hinton Road you probably aren't that familiar with it but others from Cambridge will be and, and effectively a you know an industrial laundrette on site that totaled 50 odd thousand square feet but Right. Very close to the city centre, very close to the to the central train station, um, you know, and this went on on the market a couple of years back now. I think everyone was looking at it for residential. Our clients um, had come in and, and looked at it at a different angle and thought office space. And that's where the market was. Um, and we converted the or we re- repurposed, I should say. Um, the space and converted it into grade A office that that totally differentiated itself from most other offices within Cambridge, which you know in tow attracted um, Hewlett Packard, um, who absolutely loved what we were designing, um, liked the fact that it was was different to you know what you would see in in, in other schemes across the city. Um, so I think you know. There is some real merit here in terms of looking at opportunities that maybe aren't as as obvious to to everyone um, and thinking, you know, what can we create here? And of course, you know, retail is probably quite high up on that list in terms of what do we do with it? Um, 
can you repurpose retail into offices, into labs to satisfy where the market currently sits? Um, the answer is yes, but it's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> OK, uh, now uh, one of the hot topics in the industry at the moment is the Oxford Cambridge arc, um, which is, you know, this plan to kind of link Oxford and Cambridge and everywhere in between to create this, you know, one giant super hub for technology and R&D and life sciences. Um, where do you see the opportunity for Cambridge here within this um, and how excited are you by it? Uh, well, they're excited. Yeah. I mean, it, it's interesting because you you go on lots of webinars and you you see all the experts. And, and you know, I think really interesting is um, taking what they've done over and across across the pond um, and trying to channel some of that uh, logic and, and, and theory over here. And, you know, you look at Massachusetts, Boston, Cambridge, you know, they are doing a fantastic job over there. So I think in terms of, you know, the benefits for Cambridge, Oxford, MK, London, um, they are huge. You know, it's it's collaboration of the highest order, isn't it? You know, mm. you, you put these <laughs> uh, people into a room and you'll come out with something amazing. So um, absolutely, very important. Um, we are excited by the whole prospect. Um, transport links between the two would be fantastic. So, you know, yes, they're excited by that. Okay. Um, do you feel like there's sufficient political will to be pro-development at the moment? I mean, we kind of saw with the recent uh, Chesham and Amisham by-election, um, and you know, it wasn't a precise science as to how much of a factor it was, but you know, it would appear it's politically very risky um, to kind of even be perceived to want to build on greenfield sites. Um, do you think that might put a cap on how ambitious we could be with this? Uh, I think, yeah, absolutely. You know, if, if we don't have the land to be able to build on um, and create required employment or residential or whatever it is that we're looking at putting there, then it's going to be difficult for us to be able to create the synergy between the two. I mean, mm. that, Cambridge has um, a limited uh, pipeline of, of, of stock coming through over the next few years um, and opening up some of these sites would create the necessary employment space that that we are seeing is required from from market statistics so yeah absolutely i think that there probably does need to be a little bit of a shift in terms of thinking there yeah i mean just this week we saw um i think there were plans for a cambridge international technology park um got rejected because of um you know concerns over traffic and the impact on the green belt um is it becoming harder to find sites for commercial development uh the answer is yes it is yeah um land valleys are they're only getting more expensive um there is difficulty in terms of getting planning for sites for employment um so yeah in reality we, we are looking at such a shortage of good quality new space office laboratory in cambridge um and you know that that is Part of the reason is that we do not have the land to be able to build on mm. or that that land is, uh, as you say, in the green belt. So, um, yes, it is it is tricky to 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 find and, and, and get planning and build on space at the moment. Um, but we are still seeing planning applications being granted across Cambridge. Um, you know, there, there, there will be a new 100,000 square foot office building, uh, PCing late next year at Cambridge North Station. Um, 
and uh, the year after we will be seeing um, sort of similar sized building 60 70,000 square feet um, PC and Brooklands Avenue so central Cambridge so we are still seeing um, office space being created to uh, to satisfy the needs but um, probably not enough <laughs> <laughs> sure okay um now um cambridge it's traditionally had a bit of a rivalry with oxford in various forms um does that extend to the real estate sector uh you know you look you look at oxford you look at cambridge and you think they're, they're, they're similar cities in, in, in mm. what they do and we are both both cities are trying to achieve the same goal essentially and i think any way that either one can help each other out we certainly do on our end and i'm sure our clients <laughs> do as well so no <laughs> sure fair enough now i was going to ask i mean do you think the arc kind of will introduce a bit more of a spirit of collaboration but i guess that's already there the co-opetition i think is the word <laughs> <laughs> sure okay um yeah i mean uh, one of the things i mean cambridge obviously relies on attracting <coughs> the brightest minds to come and live there um which obviously creates requirements for housing um is there enough residential stock out there um I think that is a you know a, a fundamental issue for for growth in any city um the housing supply i mean th there are some fantastic new developments that that have sprung up um on the city limits and eddington west cambridge uh the lands on the east side of the marshall's air airport um but ultimately you know if you are introducing the likes of Roku Mathworks, who will be employing thousands of people um, in those buildings, um, and others, of course, on on, on Station Road. Um, you will <laughs> need more housing readily available for the employees who who, who work there. So th 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 there will be a shift in terms of um, certainly house prices in, in, in Central Cambridge, um, which only seem to be getting up at the moment. Um, <laughs> And, you know, wh where will people, certainly the younger generation, be able to afford to live, I think. Um, so, yeah, yeah, there is definitely, um, uh, you know, consideration as to, to how you um, satisfy all the people who, who will need housing within Cambridge. Sure. OK. Uh, now, um thing I always ask people, if you had a magic wand, uh, what's the first thing you do to help Cambridge here? Um, I, I probably would say look at things like transport, you know, that is a key part of, of, of how we are going to connect this city from east, west, north, south. Um, there are lots of plans in place and there will be a new train station going to the south, but um, looking at the transport links within Cambridge, understanding um, why there is so much congestion um, and trying to reduce that as best we can. And I think, you know, they, those issues are being addressed at, at high levels. Um, there were talks of introducing a, a metro line, which I still think are um, being discussed. Um, so it would be lovely to have a metro line here. But, um, you know, I, I think as a short term, let, let, let's look at the transport links in Cambridge, um, unlocking more land for both employment and residential, I think is is, mm. is quite key. Um, you know, we we do need to be able to satisfy the big companies that are coming to Cambridge. And if they look at Cambridge and they see no available office laboratory space, then 
they will ultimately look at another location for their operations. So, you know, that that could be um, something that is that is seen as key moving forward. Um, so I would say those those are my uh, elements that I would like to be able to address and and uh, and change. Excellent. OK. Um, and just finally, um, Bidwells, you're a full radius member, um, which means not only do you get to top the radius rankings, but um, you also get to see everyone else's data. Um, is that useful? Um, and how are you finding using it? Uh, yeah, no, it's very useful. Um, it, it, it works. It's probably better than the system we were using last. Uh, <laughs> so, um, no, it's very good. Uh, and we use it for a lot of things. Um, and yes, it's relatively easy to find out what other people are up to, of course, if they are subscribing. But um, no, it's pretty good. Yeah. Perfect. OK, on that happy note, I think we'll bring things to a close. Thank you ever so much for your time. No problem. Nice to talk to you. <laughs>